0: A reading comes from the third chapter of Proverbs, starting at verse one. Those wishing to follow in Pew Bibles can please turn to page 720 of the Old Testament. These verses take the form of advice from a parent to a child. Let us listen for how the Spirit is instructing us today. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. May God bless all who hear with deeper understanding.
1: Um, Melville Fuller was Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States for 22 years. He was almost an exact contemporary of Mark Twain, probably explains the look. And the story is told of him that he went to a church conference, where at one point, a speaker started just going on and on and on about those university people and about uh, how education uh, was a great spoiler, and uh, the speaker uh, thanked God that he had not been polluted by the university. At which point, Fuller supposedly interrupted and said, is the speaker thanking God for ignorance? And the fellow came back to him, well, I I guess you could say that, to which Fuller said, in that case, uh, the speaker has a very great deal to thank God for. Okay, well, you know what? I like that kind of story. I have to own It's a bit of a confession, uh, but I do like that kind of story. I am not the kind of person who really cares for what I perceive to be willful ignorance, a willful resistance to learning, to knowing. I like to say that in our churches, and churches like ours, we don't check our brains at the door. We've said that before, and uh, that's something I think a lot of us uh, agree on. I like the phrase and believe in the phrase that knowledge is power, and and I tend to want to be more powerful. Or at least seem more powerful in gaining knowledge. Uh, I have a shirt that says, science is more than opinion. And uh, I have gotten the approval of total strangers for wearing this shirt, so, you know, there's that. I appreciate this uh, quote from George Bernard Shaw. Um, Beware false knowledge, it is more dangerous than ignorance. That appeals. Of course, when I'm thinking about all this, I'm really thinking about somebody else's ignorance. I'm really focused on somebody else's false knowledge because I don't have any of that, right? Right? I also like what we call the wisdom literature of the Bible. It is uh, the, the parts of the Bible that invite us to, to explore what it looks like to live wisely, and a lot of times what they mean is to live successfully. So that things will ha- you'll have a straight path in life, uh, so that uh, you'll have the approval of other people, so that you'll have a long life and well-being. Uh, but there are some deep elements within wisdom literature. So we count the book of Job, which asks this profound question about the nature of suffering. Why is it, to put it in the modern term, a bad stuff happens to good people? How does that work? And how do we understand God's place in that? We're gonna spend five weeks on Job in our Lenten small group study and in our worship series during that time, uh, the entire month of March, all five Sundays. Uh, Many of the Psalms are actually wisdom Psalms. Of course, most of them are about praising God, but, but, but many of them, the very first Psalm starts off with, blessed is the one who doesn't follow the advice of the wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers. It is a wisdom psalm that begins the psalms. We are familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes uh, because we sang it when some of us were kids, you know, uh, to everything there is a season, but also the affirmation of that book that so much of what we strive to do is just, uh, the translation is usually vanity, uh, but uh, the the better word is it's a breath. It's a vapor. Breath on a cold day. Uh, Californians, there are places in the world where when you breathe, yeah, okay. Uh, There are Roman Catholic books in uh, uh, their collection of scripture that we as Protestants don't have. I think it's a slight poverty on our part. There's a wonderful book that they have called the Book of Wisdom. Um, And there's also a book they have called Sirach, which is very influential in a lot of the New Testament. So uh, uh, both wisdom books. And... uh, Arguably, a lot of what Jesus has to say is about how we shall live. A lot of his teaching, I would say, whatever else we believe about him, and we believe lots of other things about him, much of his teaching would qualify as wisdom teaching. But probably the best known wisdom stuff, certainly the most quoted wisdom stuff, is in this book of Proverbs. Just all these mostly quick, pithy, one-liners, Uh, This advice, this insight, uh, this meditation on the nature of wisdom. Proverbs tend to be small c conservative in uplifting the authority and the order of parents and of rulers and of tradition, and sometimes, but not always, God. Uh, Much of the advice is very secular. It's how do you get along? How do you get by? How do you sell your goods? There is a slight problem that I have with the Proverbs and that is they don't seem to be real big on knowledge. They're always talking about wisdom, but not necessarily knowledge, at least not my knowledge. Part of the verses that Peggy read are considered by many people to be a kind of keynote for what the Proverbs have to say. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own knowledge, your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge God and he will make your paths straight. Right? Uh, in case we didn't get it the first time, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, be in awe of God, right? We understand the meaning of fear, I think, there. And turn away from evil. There is this refrain several times in the Proverbs about being not self-focused, not your own wisdom, not your own ability, not your own knowledge, but rather the, uh, the wisdom, the insight, the instruction of God. I just wanna make it clear. I am completely fine with including God in my plans. But getting rid of my insight, my ability, my knowledge, that's a little harder to do. I tend to cling to that. I'm fine with God being a bit of a partner in the deal, uh, but I'm not so keen on turning over control. So there you are. Uh, Jack Sheldon. Jack Sheldon was... Uh, A jazz trumpeter, uh, a singer, uh, died age 88 back at the end of last year. Um, uh, Many people my age and especially a little bit younger than me uh, would recognize his voice not as Jack but as Bill. Uh, I'm just a Bill uh, up on Capitol Hill, et cetera, et cetera, in Schoolhouse Rock. Um, uh, Jack did some interviews uh, where he kind of confessed that for a good portion of his life he was drunk. Uh, and had kind of given his life over to the higher power of alcohol, but found once he got sober, he became a better musician. He became a better singer. Uh, That uh, smoky kind of sound that a lot of uh, singers go for, that uh, even trumpeters might go for, um, he found himself uh, better at it. He found himself taking lessons, and he says of that, uh, the difference in his life was that once he was sober, he says, I became teachable. Right? I was open to somebody else saying, well, here's another technique for the trumpet. And here's another way of thinking about how to, how to use your voice as an instrument. And uh, by the way, he says, here's also a better way to live and be and all that. The Proverbs, uh, because they're just a bunch of one-liners, you don't necessarily read from beginning to end. One of the fun things to do is just kind of splash around a little bit. And the Proverbs do acknowledge this problem, this issue of teachability. Whoever uh, corrects a scoffer wins abuse. Whoever rebukes the wicked gets hurt. A scoffer who is rebuked will only hate you. I don't know about you, but I've had those moments where somebody thought they might give me a very light rebuke or correct what I was saying, and inevitably, I I didn't hate them. Uh, I wasn't fond of the moment. I would say things like, I know, I know that, or it's just around the corner, it's just up the street here. I know, but the wise, when rebuked, love you. Anybody hear love rebuke? It's strong language, but you get the point, right? Uh, uh, Wisdom uh, is part of an appreciation for somebody setting you straight, right? The wise, when rebuked, will love you, or to reinforce it a little bit, give instruction to the wise, and they will become wiser still. Wisdom is not an end. Wisdom is a process. Wisdom is a state of being that acknowledges that one can always be wiser. One can always gain in wisdom, and it also partly means a continuing in the reality of I don't know it all. I don't know everything there is to know. It's an acknowledgement that there is something broader and wider and higher in our lives, which is why this refrain keeps coming back in the Proverbs. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. awe before God is the beginning of wisdom. It's where wisdom starts. If you really want insight, know God. Knowledge of God is where that starts. Another way we tend to put it in the modern age is the acknowledgement that God is God and I am not. And that makes a difference. That's the beginning of being wise. Knowledge in and of itself does not grant insight. It does not necessarily give perspective. Uh, Knowledge in and of itself does not necessarily increase our ability to make good choices or at least fewer bad choices. Knowledge in and of itself can be contorted to fit whatever pre-existing ignorance we bring to it. Knowledge can supplement wisdom. Knowledge can help wisdom grow. It can inform wisdom, but knowledge in and of itself is not wisdom. I'm invited to ask, what if I were less interested in sharing knowledge? I have a weakness for fun facts to know and tell. You know? Fun facts for me, to know and tell. But what if I was looking to receive wisdom more than I was looking to share knowledge? Well, scripture might decide to psychoanalyze me, right? Those who ignore instruction despise themselves. Well, uh, without uh, opening up my psychic guts, here's a thing maybe you can relate to, to. How much is our whatever, whatever we like to show off, whatever we like to exhibit, uh, in my case, knowledge, how much of that is driven by insecurity? Right? How much deep down is there a, a, an uneasy core that wants to express itself then in capability. How much of that is uh, the fear of incompetence that comes out in uh, the appearance of uh, great competence, right? Uh, Self-loathing, boy, that's dicey language, but but you know. Those who heed admonition, gain, and understanding, right? Other people are the ones. And again, here's that thing, here's that thing, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Awe before God, the realization that God is God and I am not. Um, And the recognition that uh, humility is prioritized over honor. The willingness to stand back, The willingness to hush up, the willingness to um, focus on others and less on ourselves. The one who uses fewer words, Um, even fools. Mark Twain said a version of this. He was thinking of Proverbs, even fools who keep silent are considered wise. Thank you.